And so I said, okay, I'll write you an article on Singlish. Okay. And I did not expect that article to be uh, criticized by the PMO. I mean, come on, it's just Singlish. Mm. So they wrote, so they responded to, uh, to the article by writing to New York Times itself. So mm. it was also published as the reply to mm. my article saying that I have trivialized the teaching of English in Singapore. Ooh. Thank you for joining us again for the second season and this is the second episode of the Chris Hansen Conversation. I'm back in studio. I'm so happy to be back and I'm so happy to, to give you another episode this time with a prolific poet an academic and a literary critic, I have with me in studio, Dr. Gui Li Sui. Say hi. Hi, Chris. <laughs> the voice, the man. <laughs> Finally to have met you. Yes, yes. Pleasure is all mine. Also, thank you for being here. Uh, I've always wanted to meet you. I read your stuff all the time online. And I say, this guy, really, man, you know? Quite, a lot of cock, right? A lot of cock. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm sorry if you wanted to look for no, something man. intellectual on no, my man. Facebook page. No, no. Never exists. Well, well, not really. Like sometimes it's a little bit too cheap. I got to go scratch my head a little bit. Okay? I don't yeah. understand what this man is saying. You know why? Because Guili Sui has a PhD in English literature. Okay, same thing, lah. Eighteenth century. Man. Not the same thing, man. Uh, yes and no. La. I mean, I think <laughs> these days, these days they do call it English, right? Well, yeah. But it's, you know, it, what, it, it, the language and literature is quite separate. So if you could be a language PhD person, that has nothing to do really, really with the literary Fuck, I'm lost. Things. Okay, yeah. explain that again to me. Hey, you said 18th century hey, 18th literature. 18th century literature, yeah. Like what? Give me an example. Yeah, man. like uh, Jonathan Swift, okay. Alexander Pope, that okay. sort of stuff. La. The kind of things that you, you know, that, oh. That was pre-Singapore. No, but all these people uh, who uh, just all the names you just mentioned, uh -huh. I don't know whether or not they all catch any ball. No? Uh, I I also don't know. Le. <laughs> Jonathan Swift uh, and gang. Yes. Okay, so what's the difference, man? 18th century literature compared to say modern classics, is it? Am I right to say that? I I think it's like before, before how uh, before you know poetry reads more modern. You know, I mean these days we are used to a kind of more conventional style of writing poetry, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and also a more democratic way of thinking about the poetic voice. Mm -hmm. But at the time, you know, it's it's entirely different in a way. So, you know, it's not just learning about literature in what I'm doing, it's learning about the times, the influences of the times. Mm -hmm. And specifically, actually, at, at that time, my study was on uh, Get Ready, uh, is on scientific influence, la. how <laughs> science actually entered into uh, the English literature and uh -huh. then spread to, I guess, German literature and European literature and how it changed the way you use a metaphor. Right. It changed the way you think about self, right. you know, and all that. Like, yeah. Wow, damn cheap, that man. Was, yeah, 20 years ago already. Can so. I move to something that's not so cheap uh, first? Like, <laughs> can, can. i tell you what I'm going to do, okay? First of all, not so cheap are these five little munchkins on display. Uh -huh. These Ladies and gentlemen, they are called Vades, and they are from Gordon's Vades. They are the crispiest, fluffiest, oh yeah, damn straight, man, damn straight. The fluffiest, crispiest damn Vades you can find in the land. And I'd like to say thank you to Gordon's Vades. Thank you, VJ, again, once again, you're really spoiling us, and uh, feel free, okay? Doing the shoot, thank please, you. please, just whack the fella. Just whack, huh? Just okay. whack, honey, don't worry. Okay, let me get back to this topic again. <laughs> 
<laughs> what he just said to me is like, went right over my head, man. Yeah, yeah. Way over my head. So this is definitely younger than Shakespeare, of course. No, no, no. No? Older? <laughs> They don't. They're not young at all. I mean, they're they're like uh, yeah. I mean, yes. 17, this is century. This is, yes, this, right? is, this is after Shakespeare. Uh, yeah, yeah, younger. Yeah. yeah, I know, but not younger in the sense of you know. It's not older. Younger than Shakespeare, but you know, it does. The writing doesn't feel contemporary, or it feels it feels dated. Okay. So in many ways, a lot of the writers at the time they don't survive mm-hmm. to today. You know, and if you get some, I mean, even actually. Come think of it, even Shakespeare, lah. Huh? Uh-huh. If you get like school kids to read Shakespeare, they hate it, right? Because it's like, what kind of English is this? Uh, verse you know, and prose. Can understand? me, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know they, 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 they don't appreciate. They need to have that kind of like uh, parallel explanation, right? You know, right? Uh, that in, in most of these Shakespeare books, they like that, right? Uh-huh. So I think that kind of uh, 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 density to the writing it went until, as I said, eighteen, and then after that, you don't actually need the notes anymore. There's an interesting thing that happened with the romantic onwards. You know, the, you can actually read the poems and you can understand it. You know? Can I? Can I? Again, but I'm going to ask you, <laughs> why? Why did you choose to do a PhD in 18th in some, century literature? Yeah, yeah <laughs> I also, I also wonder. But at that time, I had a question to ask, sir. I mean. My my masters and my honors thesis were not even on the 18th century, though on German literature, 20th century German literature. Okay, can I ask? German literature is in German. Uh yes. And you? Uh, I, I, I did it in translations, lah, because okay. it's after all in the English department, so <laughs> I had to do this. Uh, uh, I mean, I really, I was forced. So to it's the style of how it's done, German literature, that you yes, actually yes. studied in English yeah. and you understood yeah. the styling. Yeah, but but specifically, I mean, when I went to PhD, there was a ans- there was a question. I there were a few nagging questions that I wanted to answer, and uh-huh. I feel like that I have to go back to what happened, what happened to that voice, what happened to the whole question of why do art, why do literature, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, because the whole ethical dimension became problematized because of the Nazis. Okay. You know, in German literature. So, yes. you know, in the mid 20th century, yeah. uh, the Germans do, I mean, the writers do, do angst quite a lot about that, you know? What is what is uh, the responsibility of writing, uh-huh. you know? When our high culture could produce something like Nazism. Right. You know, so is there something flawed in art? Is there something problematic, you know, considering that there's this humanist, positivist development in uh, Western culture up right. to that point? So I thought I should go to the start of the Enlightenment, you know, mm-hmm. which is the 18th century or actually late 17th century like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and see whether there's a, you know, something I can... So it was literally out of curiosity. Uh, out of curiosity, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, if you're going to do something yeah, like a PhD, right. there has to be a life-changing question you want to okay. explore. But, but many people would actually pursue other things that could be life-changing, but in yeah, this la, is in literature. Law, like MBA. Yeah. What's a PhD of an MBA? I have no PhD freaking MBA. clue, man. <laughs> I don't know what's the name of that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. La. I mean, it was just something I did because I felt like I, if I answered that question, I would know what to do next. And you were enlightened? 
and I don't know what to do next. Are you jealous? Okay, anyway, don't do PhD. <laughs> If you can, ah, uh, it will not, it will not get you a job. You know. <laughs> Well, it got it got me one for a while. You but, just made you know. me laugh that I coughed. <laughs> coughed so bad. You know, but that's the whole point, right? If you want to do something like a PhD, yeah. you know, you better make sure that you but have you enough drive, yeah, drive in you to you know to pursue it to the end. Yeah, sure. But the thing is, Gui, is that people who pursue a PhD, okay, okay, fine. Maybe because there is, of course, there's got to be some kind of drive. But when you thinking, uh, you and I are the same age. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. We come from the same generation. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're thinking about what am I going to do with my life after I'm done with this PhD, am I going to be able to get a do something that you know at least will make my money and time spent you know worth the while in a, in a career? Yeah, but at the time I think uh, the immediate thing was I got scholarship, so I was like, hey, you know, this is this is free to extend. You know, the next few years it could be just thinking and writing for free. Okay, I mean not for free lah, but. You get some stipend, but you could do this, you know. And uh, <laughs> you, get you, you be better do it when you're young, because when you're old, sure, you know you probably fall fall asleep when you're. Okay, reading. so you, you did you didn't see this as a as an opportunity for you to do something in uh, to, to or to forge a career in front of you that's going to be great. Uh, you know, I think it was a step by step thing. The 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 scholarship came with a. Uh, With uh, you know uh, a bond, yes, with a bond, right? Uh, so I had to serve that. So I I was thinking like, yeah. Do you know, ask I, you, where I, do you serve I, the bond? I will just I'll just I'll just I'll just go along, you know. Yeah, if it takes where, me, where do you serve the bond? With who? NUS. Oh, you serve the bond in yeah, NUS. Yeah, yeah. I served the bond in NUS. Okay. Uh, it was a uh, it was a five year bond. Mm -hmm. But I think I was there for all together. I I was there until the end of. Uh, end of uh 2010 right yeah so i think 2009 ish i left so you went back to 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 teach now no at that time oh uh, yes, yes after i came back from mm -hmm. london that's mm -hmm. where i did my phd in queen mary right uh originally it was queen mary and westfield and by the time i came out it was queen mary <laughs> so yeah even that i have an existential crisis <laughs> Where do you get a PhD? Well, it depends on the <laughs> when you ask me when you asking me this question. <laughs> so, you wrote a book, man. Fear no poetry. Yeah. Do you really think that Singaporeans fear poetry? Now, okay, that book is quite interesting because yeah. I did it because there was a. I mean, they they wanted to create. Uh, they wanted us to write. I mean, uh, not just me. I think uh, Pooja Nancy is the other person uh, to write books that would help uh, school kids. Appreciate poetry, mm -hmm. and mine was a of a supposed to be on the higher level. They are supposed to be addressed. Uh, I mean, Pujas is supposed to address a kind of lower sect or something like this. Mm -hmm. So that was a division. But I felt I didn't just want to write something for school kids. So mm -hmm. I did write that book uh, to address anyone who really is interested in 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 understanding poetry and feel nonetheless very threatened by it. Yeah. So there's this very odd relationship people have with poetry. Is it they want to read it. But they know that when they read it, they don't quite understand it. Yeah, so you know, it becomes intimidating. Yeah, yeah, but they don't understand also that you know when you feel intimidated, you tend to see more in the poetry in the poem than there is there. Huh? Actually, it's very simple. You know, it's just it's just just treat it as what it's saying. You know, uh -huh. and then don't 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 have all this 
expectations. But do, are we supposed to? Pardon me if I'm using the wrong term. Uh. Are we supposed to discern what the po- poem is yeah, trying yeah, to yeah, tell you? Come, come to it with a clean slate. You know, come with it with no expectations. Like you're just reading the morning paper. You know, just you know, pick up and wonder. Okay, what's today's news, right? So you go to the poem. It's like yeah. that. You know, go into it. Just okay. What? Let's hear what is it about. Rather than have an idea. Okay, this poem is titled uh, "Love." Yeah. I have all these preconceptions about love. Okay, I'm gonna bring it, and uh-huh. then the poem is gonna fight with my idea of love. You know, if you do that, it's you, the poem is gonna come out very weird. You know, your okay. understanding of what is trying the the poet, the writer is trying to say will come up very weird. Okay. So I mean, I think that's the gist of the book. Uh, basically, to encourage people to just relax when mm-hmm. they're reading. You know, mm-hmm. after you read, you sit on it a while and see whether the sense come to you before right. you do the interpreting. Right. Uh, and and the funny thing about that book was that it has continued to sell until this day. You know, so it's like what how what, more than a decade really since I wrote that book. So I think it, const- it, it cons- consistently surprised me how well received still this right. book is. Right. Uh, uh, I think the person who wrote that book, the me who wrote that book, uh, may disagree with some things I said there, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it, it has its own life, you know? Well, yeah, great. Have you ever discovered who were these people over the last, what, 10 years that people have been buying? Who are these people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do know... Uh, Teachers. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, I'm not surprising. Yeah. yeah. Teachers who actually themselves feel pressured uh-huh. because they have to teach poetry. Right. 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 Uh, uh, and they don't know how to come at it right. because they, they they themselves also have been struggling with this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not and, surprised about yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think a, a, a good chunk would be teachers mm-hmm. and students, I think, also because the teachers are recommended. Yeah. And I've seen it on certain schools' uh, reading lists, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there are people like retirees <laughs> or, uh, or, 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 or you know, professionals of other sorts who are really interested in reading poetry yeah. and then you know wanting to get a handle into what is it about. So it's more like a they, they treat it, and, and I think rightly so, as a kind of idiot's guide to enjoying poetry. So do you think, therefore, based on what you just told me? And I, I meant it a good way. I mean, I don't mean that the person who read is an idiot. No, <laughs> I no, mean, no. as in like, it's an it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a unthreatening way to come to poetry. You being too polite, regardless, any idiot can pick it up and still be an idiot. And, you know, <laughs> and still, after trying to understand how you're trying to understand it, and they might still not get it, they're still idiots. And, 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 yeah, so. but it's, 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 no, no, I think the one thing is that in the book, I try to write in a simple style, right? Yeah. Uh, and also to be passionate about it. Yeah. And secondly, to say that actually, you know, really, it's okay to bring your own meaning to reading a poem. Yeah. But just be aware that if you want to discuss the poem mm. in a educational context, mm. in a social context, then it's a different way of reading. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you have your own opinion about Singapore politics, that is very different from having a educated or serious uh, social discussion about politics. Because the second one will require you to be one right about the facts, or you'll get pofma, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so in 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 poetry, the same. You know, if you don't get the facts right, you know, if the the poem use the metaphor of a blue sun, mm. and then you turn it into a metaphor of a blue. Tiger or something like this, whatever, right? That is factually wrong already, you know? So you cannot just do it. So that's why it's intimidating. Yeah. People's exposure yeah. to poetry yeah. would largely come from people who are in the humanities. Mm. Yeah? 
um, and the introduction to poetry probably in secondary school and mm. maybe JC. Mm. And then when they go into it, it's 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 right or wrong. Yeah. Right? Okay. That's and, right. And they're marked for it, so it becomes a subject. Yeah. It no longer becomes something that people can and really enjoy. enjoy. Correct. So is poetry dead in Singapore? Uh, no. I think if anything, it's well and alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, this is very strange. In po- poetry of all the art forms, all the literary forms in Singapore, remains the more consistently po- uh, 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 consistently popular. You know, as as opposed to the others that has waves. La. I mean, novels, you know, these mm-hmm. waves. And there's a time when nobody wrote novels. And then right. now it's like a lot, right? Yeah. It's a waves in our drama also. It's like, you know, it's wave in and out. But poetry has been consistent. You know, it, it, and that's, that's something very interesting about not just Singapore. I think people tend to observe this with, uh, in general, uh, new new nations. You right. Know, you know, the rise, the interest, the fascination with language and what you can do with language often tends to be the driving force in the culture. Sure, agree. But you see, that's because you're in that world. Uh-huh. On this planet, you're in that world. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like us, yeah, yeah. The no usual la, jack in the street, right? Yeah, we are not. We don't see the visibility of it. Yeah, because we're not in your world. So don't you think, therefore, that yeah. more can be done yeah, yeah. to have people appreciate poetry? Yeah. Uh, uh, anyone, anyone for that matter. Okay. Uh, as long as you've got basic education. Yeah. And you can try to grow from simple little ones. You know. Yeah, yeah. Simple little rhymes and yeah. moving yeah, forward, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So, but you, you don't see that visibility anywhere, even in our, our mainstream no. media or in the press and print media, which if you can call it. Yes, I, 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 I agree to a certain yeah. extent. Mm. We must remember that poetry is in songs. Poetry is in jingles, right? And this is all there in popular culture. It's just that we don't identify with the what we imagine poetry ought to be, which is the kind of high poetry yeah. that you don't understand, right? So this is very something very weird. We put poetry into a, a kind of a, you know, and bus in the box and right. say this is poetry. The yeah. other things are not poetry. Exactly. And then we say that we don't understand this thing. I completely, I completely concur because mm. music, right? Mm. Music, songs, lyrics, yeah, poetry. It's yeah. poetry, yeah. Right? But a lot of people don't see it that way. Mm. Uh, okay, fuck. That's that's why. That's why hip hop. Uh, hip hop. Is that poetry? Hip hop. Yeah, it is. Especially. You think so? Yeah, yeah. The, okay. the, 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 the writing. I mean, if you see some poetry, uh-huh. I mean, uh, more recent ones, I guess. Uh, there are certain influences that you can tie to to uh, uh, hip hop, and. You know, even Taylor Swift, you know, her writing, there's mm-hmm. a very strong poetic elements there, which is what is often highlighted as, you know, what is so clever about her writing, right? Mm. So, uh, I, I think we, I mean, for me, I'm a very liberal about definition of poetry. Some poets are not, let, let's put it this way. Some poets are precisely the ones who say that poetry is what is in this box. Right. Anything outside of this box, you know, we don't consider that poetic. Right. You know, I, I'm not too sure about that. You know, poetry, that's snobbery, po- man. Yeah, poetry can be in a lot of things. It's not necessarily even in words. Yeah. You know, a painting can be poetic. Yeah. A way of thinking can be poetic. Yeah. A way of seeing the world can be poetic. Yeah. You know, I mean, so that's the most general way of going. But if you're going to look at language and what poetry does with language, mm-hmm. you know, then it's, it's a certain direction. Mm-hmm. And then with poetry that is on written page or in the traditional way of under- or thinking what poetry is, I guess that is primarily tied to written you know, at this stage, there's also the oral dimension, the, mm-hmm. the performed poetry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the slam and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, that is... The what, sorry? 
slam poetry. Have you heard of it? No, what's that? Ah, that's uh, well, that's a kind of performed poetry where you know they get on stage and then they recite, you know, and they perform the recital and all, and then people clap. It's not so much a written form. It's to revive the form of poetry that is tied really to how or old cultures used to be where mm-hmm. poetry is oral right and there's right? theater to it yes yes mm. there's theater that's performed it's also rituals you know it's also tied to rituals of what culture means or frustration or all about some mysteries like right. like the greek tragedies and all that kind of stuff right, right. i mean anyway there's there's that oral dimension that i guess this trend try to recoup right you know uh, whereas I think for us in a traditional way, in the way we're taught in schools, they are tied to textual uh, understanding mm. right, of what poetry ought yeah, to be. Yeah, so do you think something ought to be done on that level where in, in schools to get kids to really be interested in poetry rather than you know looking at, looking at it as an English literature subject is weighted, is graded? Okay, this thing is passe because I don't think most schools... Uh, teach literature anymore what yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry we are the same age so i understand what you're going through now as a trauma realizing <laughs> this yeah yeah but it's been a long many years now i know this. <coughs> schools that actually teach literature as a subject are not the norm yeah 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 my, so, son, my son's school which was my school still teaching literature oh uh, your, your school st pants yeah uh yeah okay that's great Oh, but I can tell you a lot of schools don't, and because it's uh, it's option that is open to the schools, right? Holy to crap. choose, right? And then, and then the teachers have to think about like, is my are my kids gonna perform? And they're not gonna pick up literature because literature is one course, one subject where you cannot predict how the students are gonna perform. How do you feel about that? Actually, I'm fine. Huh? Ah, why? For the same reasons as you said just now, right? All these problems of trying to teach kids about all these things, now blank slate. Right. We are back to that. Interesting. I, I love it. I love it when kids have no preconceived ideas of what poetry means, right. or what literature means. And they means, pick it up leisurely. And they pick it up and they just read it for what it is. Yeah, and then they say, okay, I enjoy these poems. I like it. Not because the teacher said so, not because the curriculum said so, mm-hmm. you know, not some uh, dead white man said so. It's, it's because I like it. Can I ask you, if let's say, for these schools that don't offer literature anymore, uh, Will it, in your opinion, impact the strength of vocabulary for our youth as they grow into society? Is it going to impact them in any way? Uh, is, I, is English going to get worse? No, not really. I it's don't really think, quite fucking bad now. Yeah, but personally, personally I don't think uh, literature alone will solve that issue. Leh. No, no, of course, but it's part and parcel of it. It's you also, think? you know... Removing it news, is not a good idea. Newspaper right? standards, In you know, internet and, article standards. Exactly. You know, all these things, you know, they are consuming this all the time, much more than books. True. La, if is, you can turn the clock back and get people to read books, then we can talk about getting them to read literature. But now it's going the other direction. They're going right. online and all. And, yeah. you know, yes, poetry and, and, and all has gone online as well. Yeah, but it's just going to get worse, isn't it? I mean, right now, even headlines are so damn wrong. Yeah. And then, and in the next 10, 15 years, you're going to have new young journalists coming in and screwing up even more. Yeah. Because, because they're not even reading literature. Uh, you, I, you, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I think, again, I think there's language standards and there's literary standards. 
I think we are now. So you're saying now, they're two separate things, huh? Yeah, they're two separate things. Not then, not necessarily separate. They are intermingled. But yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying they're two elements, okay, right? Okay. 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 And I think the literary standards is really tied to creativity play mm-hmm. that is involved in what you understand is possible with the words that you have in your vocabulary. Right. But the language is the fundamental one. You know, if your language strength is not there, mm-hmm. if your grasp use of the English language is not strong enough, mm-hmm. your literary, there's also a limit to what you can do literarily. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not to say that if you have bad or low standard English, you cannot write a great literary work. Right. That's entirely not true because some writers, you know, with very limited English can write amazing creative work. How does that, how does that happen? Because it's creativity. It's the way you think, the way you try to individualize right. uh, a point that you, uh-huh. you feel or feeling you have, right. you know, and that makes the word work literature. But how do you translate that? In, in I mean, if your English is not so good. I can tell you that some of the, some writers in Singapore, mm. some poets in Singapore mm. are not trained in literature. You know, they can be engineers, they can be computer science people and they write fantastically. So basically, they're like composers of music. You can be, yeah. you, you, you might not be so educated, but you, you might not even know how to play piano or, right, or, or, or right. guitar, you know, and uh, then you can uh, still uh-huh. sing well, right? Or, or write words into, uh, into lyrics. Yeah, yeah. But language is the issue. Mm. I think primarily the thing that schools can do mm is get the language right. Mm. You know, uh, uh, you know, they have to find a way to get the kids to uh, learn English properly. La. Right. And don't, okay, coming to my other favorite topic, Singlish. Don't always wet Singlish. La. You know, it's not, nothing to do with Singlish. You know, Singlish is another thing. It's another language. If your kids' English are not good, maybe you should teach them proper English. Don't tell them not to speak Singlish because if they st- Stop speaking Singlish. They will learn the other things. They will learn the you know the I don't know the uh, uh, the the ghetto me, me, uh, uh, language in America. They can learn from the K-pop. They can learn all sorts of other stuff. They pick around you know, and they don't have to. It, it, those are not Singlish, but still, those will not help them improve their English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I need to tell uh, the the all the viewers and listeners this. Dr. Gui Li Sui doesn't just have a PhD in English literature. He is also the granddaddy for Singlish man in Singapore. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not the granddaddy. Huh? The, grand, the grandmother is uh, Sylvia Tlopak-Piapchu. Pichu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I okay. have to acknowledge her because. Sylvia Tlopak-Piapchu. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's the, she's the, no, she did it in the 80s. Yeah, she's a grandma for Singlish. Yes. Okay. Then, then after that, also the uncle, there are a few uh, other people who have done it, right? Uh, Colin Go has done the, the, what's that? The dictionary with his wife. Right. Uh, and then there's also, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mel. Mel has drawn a comic book that okay. is Singlish. In, I mean, people have done it through the years. Okay, now. okay. Mine is just accumulation of all the efforts. I'm standing on the shoulders so of So you're giants. the you're the uncle. You're the uncle. Uncle, <laughs> uncle, uncle. Uh, I mean, latest latest update. Uh, I mean, as <laughs> latest in, update. And, uh, yeah. Latest version. Because I feel f- for me with that at least that speaking English book. Yeah. The idea is to go to the next level, the next right. logical level. Hey can, can you put up speaking English for me, please? Speaking English. Let's put it up. Let's put it up. Let it, let, let uh, the world yeah, see. Listen. There you go. A companion to how Singaporeans communicate. Yeah. Can okay. you see that symbol, the talking head symbol? Yeah. Do they look familiar? Pac-Man. No, not Pac-Man. Pac-Man what? It's for the speak good Mandarin Ooh. from our youth. Holy shit. <laughs> so, I know they have two talking heads, right? But I thought that's not very multicultural or multiracial, you know? They, okay. They have to be different color. So, so is, English, and different, is English Creole or Pigeon? Um, It was... You know, it, it, it was, was, but we we have gone beyond that because a pigeon Ooh. is really 
a a a a speech form yeah. that is basic that is a beginner's language uh-huh. uh, you know a, a simple a, a, a child's language lah you know when your kids start to speak you know it's a very rudimentary form right whereas i think over the years english has become this overblown thing uh-huh. overblown how in what way we don't have a dictionary even uh, uh, uh colin and yen yen's uh, mm-hmm. uh, 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 uh dictionary yeah is has con- contained everything in fact it has been superseded the language has doubled tripled what before it has gone it's gone so big that evolved yes yes evolved and also the meaning has have changed uh-huh. you know if you, every every time you listen you'll hear a new i mean i won't say like every few months you listen you'll hear a new permutation either a new meaning or a new word will come in for example something that came in uh i only started hearing like two years or three years ago okay. if i have been around long enough but i don't have enough chinese speaking chinese speaking friends around me right right uh to have observed how long he has made inroads into the english speaking uh, or english speaking world the word pa pa you know huh? pa the you know we have lama oh pa uh, oh yeah i, I this thing i like, know pa uh, i know pa it's like what's this pa <laughs> you know then i realized oh it's the chinese pa you know yeah yeah pa yeah, yeah. but at some point he has made inroads into yeah, into, my, into english i noticed i noticed in the last year or so my wife yeah sometimes ends a sentence with pa Yeah, so it, this is very unconscious, which is great, because there are words that people try to consciously, consciously force into Singlish, and because it's done consciously and it therefore doesn't really relate to daily life, right? You know, they fall off. Right. But there's some like this that come in naturally, and people use it because they understand the context in which the word is used, right? Unconsciously. Yes. And then they just replicate it, and it, it becomes Singlish. You know, and that's the thing that you have to. Observe lah. For me, I see in Kopitiam all the time, and much of my hearing problem has to do with like eavesdropping too much on people, you know. But which is what I do a lot, you know. So if there's a uncle down there with his ear, you know, uncomfortably close to you in a Kopitiam, that's me. <laughs> uncle Gui, yeah, yeah. Uncle Gui, Kepo Gui, Kepo Gui. Singlish with Uncle Gui, yeah. Yeah. So if you ask me, what's my What's my authority? I say, right, copy them is the authority. You know, what, what, what's your take on, you know, I mean, for example, I, I've, I've spoken about this in my mm. previous podcast show mm. uh, with Gurmit. Um, he was on my show then. Gurmit? Gurmit Singh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, we got into the topic of PCK. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was. I acted in an episode of PCK. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know. Huh? Yes. Oh, come gosh. on. You have an unforgettable face. Oh Lord. Together with the voice. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't know whether that's a good thing or not. But um, and you know um, it really pained me then. I recall when all of a sudden, PCK became so tame in terms of the usage of Singlish. And I think it it became a subject for a bit, if you recall, in in community, mm-hmm. you know, and where it seems like uh, Singlish is kind of frowned upon yes. and discouraged to be used because some some people believe that it actually uh, what's the word for it? It's too informal. It 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 it, it, it you know puts your English the command of your English language. Uh, into question, right? Yes. Uh, uh, and then you and then you you just basically English proper English standard English is just going to diminish. Yeah. So what's your take on that, man? Yeah, yeah. You 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 mentioned a lot of things in just those few mm. lines. 
Yeah. Uh, firstly, historically, yeah. actually, there's always been a sector that's uh, against Singlish or not comfortable with Singlish, mm. you know, and trying to make it less popular. Mm. They're not gonna. They're not. They're, they're not going to succeed because they're on the, definitely on the wrong side of history. Based on how Singlish has been progressing, okay, you know it's natural. You know you can't stop something that people are doing unconsciously. Right. You can stop it only if they know what they are doing. You know, but you know, Singlish. I think since the was it seventies or eighties that you know the MOE has already made it a point at that time. Uh, I think I believe it was Stay In Soon who was the ministry uh, minister of education at the right. time Thank to say you. that you mm. cannot use Singlish in mm. schools. Mm. The university has actually been already been researching into Singlish as early the 70s right you know um so uh that was the uh, kind of rule that has been in place until today that uh -huh. is in 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 in, the, in most contexts educational contexts you don't use singlish you have to use english which is fine but then that translates into uh singlish then becoming something you use outside right and there's for the longest time and some linguists are now making the proposal that we ought to do something about it is that we do not differentiate between Singlish and bad English. Mm. When you ought to, because if you want to teach people to speak English, then you have to teach them what the proper rules of English is. Yes. And by definition of what the proper rules of English is, you know what is bad Singlish. But that may not be Singlish because Singlish rules are not the same as bad English rules. Okay, wait, wait. There are Singlish rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, we all know what sounds Singlish and what doesn't sound Singlish, right? Okay. If I, mean, I say, yeah, but, but yeah, yeah, you're saying Singlish rules. I mean, we know the English language has got definitive sets of rules. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But where are the definitive sets of rules for Singlish? That, well, that's the thing because English had centuries of development. Right. Right. It is able to not just refine itself to a clarity what its grammar is, uh -huh. but also have people able to articulate what those grammar is. Mm -hmm. Singlish didn't have that long. You know, in terms of language, it is still a baby. Right. Right? It is a baby where we now somehow know what the rules are, mm -hmm. but we have not yet learned how to articulate the rules. And the rules themselves are still changing. Now, for example, if you, if you drop your pen, right? Uh, you say, hey, go where? Right, I mean, or pen go where? Pen go where? Uh, uh, in my pen where? Right, right, uh, correct. Uh. All these are correct form. Uh -huh. But you don't say, where correct go pen? Okay. Right? Where go pen is wrong. You can tell me that that is bad, Engli uh, bad English, I agree with you. But you tell me that is Singlish, I disagree with you. Because no Singlish speaker will say that. You see, so already there is, <laughs> there is, there is a form. There is a grammar. Correct? I agree. I agree. I'm laughing not because I'm laughing because for the first time I have someone actually telling me that's bad Singlish, and there's good Singlish and there's bad Singlish. Yes. When the rest of and the time, good, bad English and good English. I tell you the hypocrisy, man. Yeah. The hypocrisy in society. Yeah. Yeah. I have a 14 year old kid. He's still in school, right? Then of course, you know, in the course of of him growing up, you meet all sets of parents, uh. right? Um and. I have I, I know of a lot of parents who tell the kids they frown upon them even outside of school and outside of official matters, yeah, and they speak English and they frown and they scold them and say, Stop talking speaking that way, blah blah blah. Uh -huh. Otherwise your English gets bad. I don't think personally that mm. it impacts someone. Mm. Mm. For example, if I'm gonna sit down and write in proper standard English, yeah, 
I'm doing it in proper standard English. Correct. I break away and then I start speaking Singlish. Mm. As you said just now, your English can be bad doesn't mean you can't write poetry. Yes. You know, you can actually split the two. Mm. You know, I'm an entertainer. Mm. I go on stage. I'm going to say, for example, I'll give you an example. I happened, I mean, I've been doing this for what, 37, 38 years. Yeah. You, I invite the protocol aspects or mm. part segment of a show program. You have your guest of honor. It could be a minister. It could be the president for all that matters, right? Right. You introduce and you're proper. Mm. Standard English and you are proper. Then after that, as the night goes on, you have games you play with, with the ballroom, with the, with the guests and all that. And that's different. And that's different. And you, you have to build relatability. You break it down to the language that people can relate to and they'll have yes, it yes. easier to, to get them going. Right. Easier, faster for them to understand. That's right. And then they relate to you and then they feel, oh, you're just like me, I'm just like you. And we can yeah. laugh together, right? And then you break into Singlish. Once the game's over, you go back into Correct. standard English. So, you know, the, uh, I think... And that's, that's a skill. Well, that's yeah. a language language skill, which is important for now and the future. Yeah, but I gone are the days where mastery of one language is enough. But Gui, I think I think we are underestimating the, the average Singaporean too much. I feel, of course, they, they have to be educated. Yeah. Most people are today, right? They, they, at least this the last two generations, three generations. Right. <coughs> you have these guys. Uh, who's, who I'm saying they've been underestimated. I believe that they sit down, they write a proper business email. Yeah. And then while they're doing so, they speak Singlish to their colleague. Correct. It doesn't necessarily mean that their English they is bad. They cannot do, yes. I, in my opinion, I think this, this, this BS bullshit hypocrisy yeah. has got to stop. I agree. Mm -hmm. And it's also a kind of um, hypocrisy of the monolingual. Actually, if you ask me anything, mm -hmm. I suspect it's precisely the people who cannot do this kind of things mm -hmm. that feel threatened and say, no, everybody must speak like me. Mm. You know, they cannot do the switching. Mm. The thing is, actually the switching happens on so many levels, yep. especially from our generation onwards. Yep. I, I speak as if, you know, we have been around for a long time um, in, in, this, in this country, you know, compared to our parents' generation right. where, you know, they have reasons to be, I guess, and very proficient in just one language, right. which I don't think so. My father, whatever it is, you know, he was still able to speak Malay. He was able, he's, he can't speak Mandarin, but he can speak Malay, he can speak Teochew, yeah. you know? And that is also a, a form of, of, yeah, 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 yeah. of multilingual. And then when he mixed all these things up together, it's still a form of Singlish. My dad could speak nine languages. Yeah. So as long as we are officially or unofficially, wait, wait, do you say nine languages? Yes. Oh my God. Tamil, yeah. Japanese, Portuguese, fluent uh. Malay, Hokkien, Cantonese, uh, Hakka. Oh my. Uh, gosh, there's two more. English, of course. Wow. There's one more. Jeez. Uh, if I'm not, if I am not mistaken, Teochew. Oh, he's a national treasure. Oh, yeah. My, and, and, and the ability to speak, you know, so many languages, yeah. put him in good stead, man. Yeah. Because as a, as a police officer, right, mm. you deal with all kinds of races. Oh, Tamil, sorry, Tamil, Tamil. Yeah, yeah you mentioned, you. You Tamil, mentioned yeah. that was the number one. Yeah, ah, okay. So, yeah, God, no, correct, first one. So, so you know, as, as a cop, right, uh, mm. conducting these investigations and, and, and yes. you can deal with all kinds of witnesses and right, people right. that you want to interview yeah. and stuff and you could speak the language. Yeah, yeah. And that to him is very important. No, but also, you're right about that. And also, the a number of people 
from different backgrounds that you interact with on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. that will also change the way you understand and use yeah. language. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that doesn't just show that didn't just show how much your father is able to speak all these languages. Mm-hmm. It also showed the the diversity of the background that your father has been dealing with. No, I think also it is the personal um the personal com- commitment, not dedication. Right, right. But personal commitment that, you know, I live in this country, um and I've there's with a myriad worth of dialect groups and races, mm. right? So it is best that we all be able to communicate together. It's a kampong thing. You know, it's a kampong thing. Correct. Yeah, but today, when you look at the kids today, even Correct. those the working adults today, if you ask them to break into Hokkien, they can't. Correct. So I think that's the thing that has changed, you know, the commitment to understanding the culture, or appreciating yes. or being part of the culture that you live right. in. Right, you see, like, like our Malays today, right? I mean, fantastic. So many Malay kids are taking Mandarin. Yes. Right? Uh, but you don't see many Chinese kids taking Bahasa. That's an issue. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm. You know, um, but the Malays see that this is an opportunity for them to be able to speak also to Chinese people yeah. and speak fluently in Chinese. Yeah. Right. But we don't have the Chinese thinking that it's a good opportunity for us to even be yeah. speaking in, ba- in Bahasa. You know right? this. You know this thing. You can actually see it happening. This split. This uh, uh siloing. Mm. You can actually see it happen in Singlish. Mm. Which is very interesting because Singlish is not just something we use normally. It also is a place where you can observe the symptoms that points to the problems that we have in society. Mm. The Singlish spoken by particular Chinese communities are not mm. the same as they're spoken by, you know, uh, people mm. with more friends or adapting more to people in, with, with, from a different background. Right. And the Singlish that's spoken, let's say, among the Malay communities yeah. or, you know, th- the Singlish are all different. Whereas I remember a time in my youth when the Singlish is more consolidated. Right. When, you know, we do happily use each other's uh, words. Right. You know, and then we do understand each other's grammar because it's the same one. Yes. But this days, it seems to be like, you know, certain sectors will use a lot more Hokkien or Chinese words in their Singlish. Right. And then when you bring out a Malay word, yeah, they either don't know it yeah. or they didn't know it's yeah, Malay. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You're 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 right quite right there. And I think the the community stuck in the middle of the Eurasians. <laughs> no, Eurasians are the best, you know, they suck in everything. Yeah, actually you're right. I, I if you talk to, to Eurasians that's, yeah, that's, it, the English has a standard hasn't really changed. Yes, yes. From 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 decades, you know, it's it's yeah. almost the same because we can break into Hokkien, we can break into Malay, yes, yes. you know. I don't see much difference. Yes. Uh, but you're very right in your observation. Uh, when it comes to say the Chinese, yes. th- it's more laced with Chinese words. Yeah. And the Malays are laced with more, more they are Malay words, more yeah. Malay words, yeah. Uh, and intermingled with English. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's kind of sad because that kind of evolution is something that I don't personally I don't like uh, seeing. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, it speaks volumes of how, you know, maybe perhaps community has become more, instead of coming together, yeah. you know, with yeah. that unity in, yeah. based on our Creole alone. Yeah. May I say yeah. that? I use the term Creole, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah? So, so it, 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 you can see the difference. And it's kind of sad also, you know, um, I think, I think one of the, one of the co- contributing factors could be if you step into an ele- into a lift, Mm. And you have a bunch of office workers going, mm. you know, um, uh, in a conversation, mm. and say a group of five people, and mm. in that, amongst the five people, there's one Malay guy. Mm. Okay, the rest are Chinese, and they start speaking Mandarin, 
Yeah. And yeah. that one Malay guy just sitting, standing just down there uh, we, with that group and going, what the hell are you talking about? Exactly. You know, um, and, and no one no one seemed to see it that I've got someone else here who yeah. doesn't understand and cannot partake in, yeah. this, in, this, in this repartee yeah. even. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what's also worrying is that if let's say this group of people then think they can help the situation by speaking Singlish, mm. but then their Singlish is still not modulated enough mm. because it's still stuck in a certain, you know, with a certain limited uh, yeah. Chinese vocabulary or whatever, yeah, yeah. that it, it's not inclusive, which I yeah, feel yeah. is unfortunate because yeah. again, we are deviating yeah. from what Singlish originally was. Yeah. We have to somehow bring the Singlish, the Singlishes back. <laughs> I, I, I'm quite happy using the word Singlish. Sure, sure. You know, because I think it also exists on a high and a low level. As in like people with very strong English yeah. background, yeah. their Singlish is of a certain kind that is not yeah. the same as when I use it in Kopitiam. I'm more fight Singlish. Yeah, which is okay. You know, they're still all Singlishes. Yeah. You know, and we're not going to pretend that there is English. Yeah. Gone are the days where we will, you know, Say that you pretend that it's English and it's always bad English. So let's let's get away from. So this. the Singlish dictionary right now can be thrown out the window. Then no, it's it's still useful because as I said, I mean it a lot uh, much is still the same in terms mm. of meaning and content, but mm. some words have evolved in their meaning mm. and more words have been included. Yeah. And the thing about language is also that certain words come in and drop out. Mm. Some you know, uh, so like say there are some words that are very popular at one time, mm. and then they stop being popular for a long time, mm. and that doesn't mean that a few years time they might come back into fashion. Something like uh, stylo Milo, uh-huh. right? This days it seems to have made a comeback. Has it for ten over years before? I think it's it's you know I I I, I it's, you don't it's hear like, it. I don't hear it. No, it, 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 it's like if well, you use it, it sounds like your old fashioned. You really keep a lookout for these things. Oh yeah, yeah you, you listen, you listen because wow. it's it's very interesting. I wonder whether it has anything to do with Halima making Milo popular again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's come in, you know. And sometimes the young people they like some of this the sound of these words and then they reintroduce it in. Yeah, it feels good a little yeah. on the tongue. Yeah, yeah, and but but there's some that really you know go out. Like orbit, you know. If you uh. use the word like orbit, opiang, you know, they know we're uncles. Definitely orbit and opiang. <laughs> they know we're uncles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're using it. Yeah, we we use it, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like ketuk, ketuk. Okay, I ketuk, okay. I ketuk. I ketuk you, you are there. Oh, it's what our time. You you, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, these days, you yeah. the kids will have no idea what you mean. Yeah, you know? because it's because it's a Malay word, ketuk. No, but they use a uh, hamtam now. They <sighs> use a wang, you know. Actually, hamtam is cruder, you know. Yeah. Hanta means punch you, hit you. Yeah. Ketuk means I like, give you a little knock. knock you, you know? like, uh, it's different. Uh. It's yeah, two yeah, different yeah. meanings. You, you if you actually look at Malay word. Uh, Kai, isn't it Kai? Kai, yeah. do you agree? Yes. Let the people hear you, man. <laughs> Hanta and ketuk, right? Hanta is worse than ketuk, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and I asked you earlier about poetry and I said, is uh. poetry dead? I asked if poetry uh. is dead in, in Singapore. Uh. I'm going to ask you now, before, uh, well, you before forget. I go there, no, before uh, I go there, I want to add this little uh, morsel in. Um, now that we've got so many naturalized Singaporeans, uh, people yes. formerly from India, I have to say formerly because they're naturalized, yeah. people formerly, say, from, from even Canada or, uh, or, or some Western country, right? They're here in Singapore, they become Singaporeans, and they also try to get into Singlish. Yes. They try to, of course, be to assimilate into community. Uh, How do you see Singlish evolving now that we've got more naturalized Singaporeans? Yes, uh, very good question. Mm. Uh, just like English, I guess, you know, in the history, I always look at that because it's a very good template for how a world language evolved. Right. You know, um, English survived to this day 
and became international precisely because two. Uh-huh. One, it is multicultural. Right. It was the various influences that have gone into England, mm-hmm. shaped their language, right. make it what it is. Mm-hmm. It is not one person's language. And two, it is absorbent. You know, it's it absorbs. Absorbent. It absorbs okay. all okay. this. It's will, it willingly lets itself be bastardized. Okay, bastardized. Like to change, yeah. To, okay. To change. You know. Right. So, people are horrified. For example, especially teachers that uh-huh. OED, the Oxford English Dictionary, right. happily embraces English words. Uh-huh. Right. Over the last oh, many years already, every every few years they will announce a list of English words that. They are introducing the OED, and they and they and they go and and you know official English speakers of the kind of a certain kind will go crazy, you mm. know, as in like no no you are you know corrupting the English language. Yeah. But English language has always been about corrupting itself. You know, it's always been absorbing all these words, which yeah, is what yeah. makes it so powerful. English also evolves. Yes. So Singlish, because we don't have something. Of an authority of a center, mm. we don't have like a, a, a language center like French, uh, like French. Mm. We don't have an OED like like English. Mm-hmm. You know, it is very natural in how the words keep circulating and entering and all. There are there are words that you know like Thai or whatever they come in and mm. we just we just happily use it. Yep. You know, and we uh, happily call it Singlish. Right. Uh, use it, and as long as it's within, within that, that's fine. It is not so much about whose culture it's from. It's so long as what is used is relevant unconsciously to our way of life. Right. So, so in that sense, therefore, I know I might as well not ask that question that I wanted to ask you earlier. Poetry isn't dead in Singapore, according to Guili Sui, and Guili Sui also, I'm going to assume, is going to say that Singlish also equally is not dead in Singapore. Sing, sorry, Sing- Singlish isn't dead in Singapore. Uh, Singlish is never dead in Singapore. Even if it evolves. And it evolves unconsciously, therefore yeah. it is still Singlish. Uh, yeah, yeah. Regardless of where or whoever. The, the thing is that the form influence. of Singlish, the form of Singlish, mm-hmm. is changing. At uh, in uh, how should I say? It's just like you and me, lah. Right. You know, there's essence of you and me that is still there. But if you look at a photo, you don't look like you what you were ten, twenty, let alone thirty, forty years ago, right? Yes, I still look the same. <laughs> you know, your height is different. You know, your complexion is different. You know, everything is different. You know, so but there's the essence is there. There's the same thing with Singlish. You know, the essence is there. I mean, there are words that are definitely part of the essence because mm. they have never left. Mm. Words like la, words like alama. You know, those have always been there. Alama, you think alama is still around? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I don't Alamak's really hear Alama. I I always use Alama. Okay, but yeah, I I hear quite a bit. But I don't know what would they what do they say these days? It's not Alama. I have no freaking clue, man. But wow! Oh, uh, please don't say Fu you, Okay, that's that's Uncle Fuyo. Rogers. Uh, huh. That's Malaysian. Uh, yeah. no, uh, that's that's Uncle that's Roger. Mang- yeah. Manglish. Uh, yeah. Manglish. Manglish. It's called Manglish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have look. There was a time when Singapore and Malaysia were together, right? Yeah, yeah. And back at that time, we did speak a form. That was quite similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we split, Singlish and Manglish went different routes. Singlish had English as the core stem, and perhaps Malay and 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 Hokkien. Yes. Manglish made Malay the core stem. Right. So there are a lot more Malay words. Yeah. And also the words permutate differently. So the use of la, for example, and the use our use of la is not the same. They, you know, they relax la and our so relax la also so. The slightly, dif- slightly different, you know, and the, the way that they, they, they there's also certain things are quite different, right? Really? They have this very wonderful one. I my per- 
Pemensasukan. Have you heard of it? What? Pemensasukan. No. That means siasui lah. But they have this done in the Malay form. Um, what? Pemensasukan. Sasui. Siasuikan. Siasuikan. Pemensasukan. Ah, okay. Ah. That one, there's definitely not English. It's Manglish. Manglish. Ah. Okay. You see, but there are things that we say that it's not the same as. Ah. But the things are shared. There are things are shared, you know? There Fuck. are things like relax, la, whatever we share. Fuck. But, Singlish is still sexier. <laughs> it's also because we are we we have the it's sexier also because we have we, we how should I say we we have been in a way Singlish mm-hmm. speakers have been a, it has 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 been suffering a lot more than Manglish speakers mm-hmm. because in Malaysia they don't actually make that a national issue yeah so it's able to you know survive and free go, flow yeah it free can, flow it can and go run in a way. and evolve whereas we have become in a way we are forced to be a bit more defensive reactive yep. Yep. about singlish yep. and because there's always this debate about singlish right you know and i'm not sure whether it's a it's a a more natural way of de- of, of developing but it's definitely a very singaporean way in which singlish developed yeah okay uh, still on the topic of singlish man i mean you became the first literary well what you did for the first literary classic to appear in Singlish. Oh, oh, oh. I, uh, I didn't bring today. <laughs> ah, little Tunku. The Little Tunku. The Little Tunku. Can we f- uh, flash that on the screen, please, Kai? Yay, yay the Little Tunku. So tell me, this one is a classic. I can't even pronounce the French dude's name, man. How do you pronounce it? Antoine de... De... Yes. The what? You don't even know. Esprit. <laughs> It's a pre, okay. It's a French word. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, obviously. I, just because I can spell it doesn't mean I can pronounce. <laughs> so well, I should not listen to you anyway. So I can't pronounce that to save my freaking life, As man. Okay, this dude that wrote this, this dude, this pilot. What's the name? What's the name? The actual title of this uh, book? The Little Prince. The Little Prince. Okay. Yeah. So the Little Prince is now the little the Tunku. little Tunku. Tunku. It's so funny because I was just reading this bit here. Um, bye bye, said the fox. This is my secret. Simple, simple one. You can see with your heart, yeah. What is Tokong the Batiu cannot see? <laughs> My goodness. And from the inside page, uh, Singlish is the unofficial language of the people in Singapore. Wow. And then what do you write from the dedicatory? Uh, Oh, that's not my decorative. No, decor- whose was it? That's, that's the author's. Oh, the author's one? Yeah. Well, then you actually translated even that. I trust, yeah, you have to. You have to translate okay. the whole book. Yeah, okay, okay, I just read. This is read. This is so funny. I hope you children can panchan panchan and dedicate this book to an alaho. I got good excuse one. This one, alaho, is my bestest kawan in the whole world. <laughs> so you did the whole damn book? Yeah, yeah. Like this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it must have blown your mind, right? It was a challenge because it's the first time I'm doing. I'm doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm now done a few books already, so I'm getting a hang of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not perfect, but because it's the first time I was doing it, that one. Yeah. Uh, as I was, I was translating a lot of questions. A lot of translators' question mm-hmm. came up, you know, that I never thought before I started the project. Yeah. So I actually went to numerous drafts because. I realized that there are so many questions I needed to answer. And the Little Prince may not be the best 
first book to have started with because it is such a complicated book. Uh-huh. You know, it's, it may be a children's book, but it has so much emotion and it's such a sad book. Right. You know, it's it's about children's, I mean, the adult world. It's about growing up into the adult world and uh-huh. to be aware of all these dangers right. in the adult world. Right. And there's so much sadness in the story and so much wisdom in the story, you know, about valuing the things that will preserve your soul. Right. It's such a profound yeah, and then thing to do with a book. It doesn't sound like the right book to start with, man. Because for one reason, when people think of Singlish, yeah. they think of humor. Yeah. They want to laugh. They want to do yeah. the Pochukang thing. Of course. Yeah. They want to you know, do the Mr. Brown thing. Right. They want it to, to laugh. And you give it a, such a sober philosophical book. Yeah. I mean, it's great because The Little Prince is the most, possibly the most translated uh, children's classic ever. Okay. You know, it has 300 over translations. So it sounds natural for this publisher to have offered this to me as the book to start with. Right. But I think for the readers, mm. it was a total shock because you didn't want to first encounter a singlish book that is so serious. You mm. wanted something to laugh with. So it's very interesting when I first came up with this book, right? Some people read it, they read it and they laugh and ha ha, you know, this is so funny because it's English. And as they go through the pages, they say, hey, this book is actually quite sad. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is getting very depressing. Mm-hmm. You know? And, 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 and I think when they start to feel that and they tell me that, mm-hmm. and I felt, ah, oh, then I got it right. Mm. Because if they are just laughing through the whole book, then, then I'm just making... I'm not getting to to the sense of what the book yeah, is about. Yeah, what what it truly is yeah. about. Yeah, you should be able to cry by the end, right. even if it's in English. Okay, you know, it's to do the Jack Neal thing, like, You know, you you have to be able to cry in that language. Mm. That, that 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 you know, even despite all the thing that you enjoy as humor, yeah, you have to hit a you have to hit a note where you feel the message, the actual message, yes, is being sent got out. through. Yeah, yeah, and then you know that you know the English has worked. Yeah. Did you? Okay, first of all. The little tonku uh-huh. was the take up rate. I mean, how people were really buying into it. You know, the 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 the, the, the interesting thing, and I didn't know until the year was done, the mm-hmm. the financial year was done. That mm-hmm. It was that publisher's best selling work that year. Wow! So people were really picking it up, not just in Singapore. Mm-hmm. It this is one reason why also. Uh, with my Singlish book, I tend to go with the international publisher because I wanted to get it out of the hands of it being able to be restricted here. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I think the best people to value Singlish work are people who are freed from, from yeah, from you know a particular non-linguistic interested yeah stance. You right. know, they right. come at it not necessarily because they have any real interest in Singlish. It could be all these other reasons. Right. I just want people to enjoy the Singlish for what it is. Right. But do but do these people if they're foreign, for example, foreigners? Oh, they are Singaporeans who have lived that have ah, gone away. They are Singaporeans. They are okay. Singaporeans who have lived away. Yeah. You know, they picked it out. and said, "Wow, this feels like feels like home. home. Feels like home." Yeah. yeah. And there are linguists who has been who have been like linguists that have been like studying Singlish, mm-hmm. and um, you know they don't want to always have to come to Singapore to do their research. <laughs> you know, so a book like this does help in a way. Mm. And, uh, and so, I mean, there are, I mean, I, I didn't realize this. Mm. I just thought that, you know, for me, it was more a practical thing like, that I need to, I, I mean, when they, when the publisher approached me, uh, that I consider for the future of Singlish to, ha- to, to have it 
put in the hands of a wider audience. Have you ever gotten yourself into any kind of flack? For this book? For, not just for this book. For being an advocate for Singlish. Uh, you, you, you know I got into trouble well, with the New York Times article. Well, let's talk about it. You know about this? I've, I've read about it, but ah, I didn't yeah. really go into okay, specifics. I think, I think I have to thank them for, in a way, la, all that have happened to me in the last, what, how many years now? Eight years? Mm-hmm. Is thanks to... The New York Times article. More specifically, thanks to the PMO. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I could not have reached a certain level of infamy <laughs> because of it. Uh, so what happened so at that time New York Times wanted me to write an article right. about uh, about poetry right. really about uh, a, a, a Singaporean poetry okay and um, it was one of the topics that was raised and uh, they kind of thought yeah maybe maybe not very very uh, you know something that the wider audience could kind of understood and all. Yep. So well, let's find something, you know, perhaps it's uh, curious enough for someone to want to read. Mm-hmm. And so they suggested Singaporean poetry since, oh, sorry, Singlish, since my poetry has quite a bit of Singlish, mm-hmm. my original first book of poetry, poems. Sure. Uh, and so I said, okay, I'll write you an article on Singlish. Okay. And I did not expect the article to be uh, criticized by the PMO. Right. Right. So they, you really didn't expect it to happen? No. Nobody did, right? Mm. I mean, come on, it's just English. Mm. So they wrote, so they responded to uh, to the article by writing to New York Times itself. So mm. it was also published as the reply to mm. my article saying that I have trivialized the teaching of English in Singapore, mm-hmm. you know, uh, by promoting English, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, 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 and among other things I said, la. So because of that, the Singapore press picked it up mm-hmm. and it blew up, mm-hmm. you know, and for that one whole month, I just kept getting, and you know how things are in Singapore, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They, they get politicized. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's nothing to do with politics. Yeah. It's just about English, right? And suddenly right. I get these two group of people, people who are supporting me, who are not actually about supporting English. They're just doing it because they want to go against the government. Yeah. You know, they want to criticize the government. Yeah, they politicize yeah, 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 that, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. the other side, no, no, no. They're actually English speakers, speak, speakers, or they're bad English speakers. They could be from either of this camp, okay. but they will be saying like English is important, you know. And I was like, hey, your English is so bad. Why are you, t-? you know? Anyway, there'll be these two groups lah, and yeah. then they're debating. It's not about me anymore. You right. know, it's yeah. just like I, I'm. So I, you I, were just it, standing there and re- watching all this happen and getting scapegoated, one left, right, and I was like, I'm not gonna engage this, this this discussion you know right. so i just kind of disappeared and dug a hole and right. hit there and, and just and just did my book la. just did my work la. I, but it was, I was a creative piece you wrote for the it was York a creative Times. piece and the great thing was that at that time there was this middle ground that was uh run by uh mm-hmm. Bertha hansen mm-hmm. i wonder who she is i also wonder who she is <laughs> she's my sister yeah okay. yeah and your sister did this fabulous thing uh of just telling me to go ahead and keep writing my singlish article which i have been doing for 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 middle so you know i just you know i hit myself and right. I just keep writing, churning these things out. La. Right. And this, all this went into uh, Speaking Singlish. Ah. So Speaking Singlish is actually my belated response to all this rubbish. Right. So it's, your, it's, so it's your, it's a collection of everything you've written uh, for in the middle ground. For the middle yes ground. Yes and no. Uh-huh. Uh, and plus when, when I was, la. when, 
when Marshall Cavendish approached me about compiling this, mm. I thought it was great for a few reasons. Mm. One is that, you know, they're international. They can bring this to a wider audience. Right. The second thing is I felt, hey, this is, you know, the ones I've read, what I've written sounds still very English. Let's make this fun by rewriting the whole thing. Everything is English, you know? Yeah. And I said, why not? When you read the English dictionary, what's it in? English. Doesn't that sound contradictory to you? I'll go read the news in, in dictionary because I want to know what English words means, right? And it's explained to me in English words. Yes, yes. So very fundamental to the learning of any language is this paradox, right? <laughs> so I can do this also. I can write about Singlish in Singlish. Why not? <laughs> and then, you know, there will be that level of enjoyment, lah, you know, for people who feel like uh, they are missing out on something. And mm. so they are trying to decode the book that is supposed to teach them what it is about. Mm. How, do you think Do you think this matter regarding Singlish in Singapore is kind of like muted now? I mean, you know, nobody really, really challenges it or, chal you know, goes or challenges against it, you know, ah. being used and all that in society, in community, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's kind of muted now, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. kind no, of I more, think there's more acceptance, isn't it now? I hope so. I think it's also part to do with the research that was done, right? Recently that they showed that, was it the IPS? I can't remember which, who was, mm -hmm. which institute was mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. did the research and yeah. the younger generation has said they're fine. Mm -hmm. They are able to speak English and mm -hmm. Singlish. Yeah. It doesn't threaten yeah. their, 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 their competence. The ability and, and competency yeah. in, in the yeah. standard, English standard language. And I'm glad yeah. because mm -hmm. that already firstly showed there's awareness that there is a difference between English yes. and Singlish. Yes. And secondly, there is also a willingness to move away from that old debate, mm. which is like, don't speak it, don't speak it, you know? That, that's like, as long as you're moving, as long as the debate is changing, mm. as long as people are responding differently and mm. positively, I think mm. we are in a good place. Yeah. And I just want to state for, for the record, yeah, in no way and by no means this episode meant to you know stir up that debate again. Ah, just what? to make it clear. No, I'm not gonna, in ah. no way is this episode meant to stir up that debate Ah, no, la, no, 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 uh, no, la, no, it's over. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I think, think we're I in think, a better place now. I think so too. I think people are also much more enlightened. Mm. Things like that, when it happen, you know, it's a opportunity for people, society to learn and go on to somewhere else, you yeah. know, move on. Yeah. And uh, this is, you know, I mean, we should never be troubled or, you know, feel ups, overly upset by something bad happening in society, like scandals mm. <laughs> of <laughs> any sort, abstract, abstractly. Yeah, any, yeah. That, yeah. that means, you know, we are moving on. We are able to be aware of issues that from it's which we can move one word, on one from. One word, one word, maturity. Hopefully lah. Yeah. But I, my, the other side of me always notice that in Singapore, we always come back to the same problem. Well, <laughs> the optimist in me is hoping that we are, you know, we are more mature than that. Linguistically. That we, mm, mm, okay. Um, <laughs> one last thing before we say goodbye, uh, because we've gone on for more than an oh, hour, man. Wow, that's fast. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, looking ahead, ah. Are there any projects or themes that you're currently excited to explore for in your future literary endeavors? Oh, eating the Vade. <laughs> <laughs> Write a story about the Vade, man. Okay, so what what I'm exploring? Uh, yeah. As a poet or as a I singer? Think, translator? I, mean, I mean, I'm leaving that open. Well, I can tell you what I'm doing right now and hopefully, mm. uh, or have done and it's coming out. Okay. 
the one that's done and is coming out and you'll be excited by this you know they have done uh, Little Prince I've mm -hmm. done uh, Peter Rabbit Okay. I have done uh, um, Grimm's mm -hmm. uh, the next one is now on the way to Singapore from Germany mm -hmm. should be landing by the time this broadcast go up mm -hmm. this podcast go up mm -hmm. are you ready for this? yeah we need a pool you're shitting me no <laughs> it's coming out winning the pool uh, in English <laughs> that is my ultimate challenge because that book it feels so simple but there are there is a lot of wordplay in it, in it. Right. and to find the equivalent of those wordplay in Singlish was a lot of challenge uh -huh. but you need a poet to do this mm. so I think I was the right person in the right place to be able to do this but we we need a pool yeah on TV, mm. in the animation, no, it's no, no, Disney, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why don't you just? No, no. This is this is the this is the text. This is the I know, text. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Then they can take that, talk to Disney, and do a singlish episode of Winnie the Pooh. Maybe if the episodes are based on a book, right? Oh no, yeah. Mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are there are artists who know what to do. Mm. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, so that sounds fine. interesting, though. Mm. And uh, the, as a poet, uh, I have a book that's currently being, uh, I'm editing it, uh, uh, the, the, the draft there is. Uh, so I hope to get it out soon. Mm -hmm. It really is a chronicle of my life during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But not in a boring way. Like, I think everybody has, you know, a kind a of pandemic a fatigue, story. A fatigue yeah. a of it. And also a pandemic story, as you say. Yeah. But I think it, I think this is about also my uh, journey philosophically about, you know, I mean, when you're stuck alone at home all the time and oh, you know, all yeah. the questions that, you know, bug at you, you know, and yeah, so it's very fundamental questions and then you see the behaviors oh, of man, people and all the kind of things. Oh man, it must have been really bad for you. One of those that, yeah. right? And you and live and alone. If you, and if, if you notice, no, how quickly we forget the pandemic by this point of time, we forgot how much we have learned and then subsequently unlearn about who we are, about what is important in life, mm. what is ultimately important, mm. right? Uh, and about bad human behavior, what is a COVID, COVID, <laughs> what COVID is, uh, yeah. you know, anti-vaxxer, those, mm. those terms, and what negativity are attached yeah. to those terms. Yeah. We, we have forgotten all those things. People, the human race in general, I mean, I think we all got short-term memories, man. We all have suffered from a little bit Correct. of amnesia. Correct. Really. Correct. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I want to use my poetry for that, mm. to kind of memorialize that moment and specifically the lessons we learned in those moments. Mm. Yeah, so that's the other thing that I'm doing. Mm. I can think of the title, man, Lest We Forget. Hey, you know what? That was my original working title. Really? Mm, but it's not it's not called that now but <laughs> that was exactly my working title really yeah mm. oh, well, okay it's a generational thing man yeah it's a general <laughs> thing no you, you can connect man yeah, about, yeah, yeah. on that point right yeah unless you forget and I always remember I always say this people be, just to end the show hmm. we talked about literature a, a lot you know we talked about then of course we moved into other forms of lingu you know hmm. linguist, another form of linguistic that's our English that we really love and treasure um but then again, you know, I, I always, I've, I've spoken about this a couple of times to some people on my shows, and I've always believed that, you know, if, I mean, God forbid, I mean, they've gotten rid of his literature from schools. Don't get rid of history. Mm. 
because people, human beings have got such short-term memories that we barely learn from history and we start, keep making the same stupid mistakes. That's right. Mankind makes the same stupid mistakes. So, you know, and I always, that's the reason why I always say, lest we forget. Mm. I always say that because let's not forget the things that we've been through because only then can we learn how we can move forward. Otherwise, we can't learn how to move forward. Yeah. So my worry has always been the schools actually cancel out history, man. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I think that's right, you know, but ultimately the fight is with ourselves, right? Yeah. And, and also in Singapore, we are living in a place that is so easy to forget mm. because all around us, buildings disappear. Yeah. Things that remind us of our childhood disappear. Oh, yeah. People we know disappear, you know, whatever, you know, it, yeah. we, we, we are living, change. Yeah, we are living in a very, well, fast I mean, changing. Other, other places, you know, the people may change, but the landmark stays. Yeah. Singapore, the landmark changes. Mm. Or, you know, the, the landscape, landscape also changes. Mm. And that's, that, that must have affected affected our, our being in a way that is profoundly different yeah, of course I mean if you if you look in Facebook there are a few groups you know uh, that have been formed for years like one is called Nostalgic Singapore mm. or Nostalgia Singapore I can't really remember something somewhere along those Nostalgia lines Singapore. Nostalgic Singapore yeah and they put up pictures of old Singapore you know not even as old as I mean really not that old either I mean the old SBS double deck buses that you know, yeah. without, without aircon remember mm. those back in the day where, where did you remember you used to sit in front, you know, you try to get the seat right in front of the double deck yeah. on top, right? And then the windows can be open. And the windows can be open, that's right, yeah. And then, you know, things like that. I mean, uh, um, and of, of places that has disappeared, you know, like the good old Katong is no longer really Katong anymore, you know? Yeah. Katong is like uh, uh, where the Tako Pao used to be sold, you know, uh, it's now Broadseat, you know? Mm. It's just Katong shopping center is going to be raised to the mm. ground, you know? I mean, mm. Yeah, does it impact people like you, people like me, and people even older than us? Yes, I think so. I think so. It sometimes it's just beyond. It is more than just about preserving our heritage buildings. Mm. It's more than just that. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also very dangerous to keep looking back to the past and feeling morbidly sad. Okay. There's something all about something not healthy about that as well. Of course. So we have to strike a balance somehow embracing the new while still reminiscing about the old i don't just not just about rem reminiscing you know i think it's about respecting mm. respecting old things yeah and all realities yeah i don't think we have that yeah that's why we're so happy with tearing things down yeah taking snapshots of it yeah sending them to nlb for archiving yeah the photos there is yeah and then think we are respecting the past. Mm. That's not respecting the past. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I mean, just something just just deserve to have its place and its space. Mm. And, 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 you know, whether or not we feel that it is indeed heritage or not, that's not the point. The point is how do people feel about it? Mm. You know, uh, how the community of people around that area mm. feel about that place? I think that's important to understand how people feel on the ground. 
you know, about certain things, about certain places. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, that's a story for another show. So <laughs> uh, if I'm coming back. Yeah. Hey, you Only if there's more Veda. Oh, no, always oh, be, man. Delicious. Oh, believe me, I would tell. Okay, Gordon Zvarez, thank you so very much once again. Gui is loving it. And mm. let me tell you, if you guys don't order uh, Gordon Vade, something's wrong with you. You haven't tried the best Vade there is in Singapore. Really, really. Mm. And uh, I've had the pleasure of having with me in studio on, in CCV TV on the CHC show, uh, Dr. Gwili Sui. And it's been a real, real nice, riveting conversation. Thank you so very much. I mean, not always I have an academic on my show, man. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> well, a lot of things you, a lot of things you say when we we'll fit, fit. No, you know, nah, especially the first part. Don't talk about that now. <laughs> I don't know why you even want to talk about that. No, I wanted to because I think I think poetry, uh, literature, should be you know people, the ordinary man, mm. ordinary uh, uh, Singaporean uh -huh. should really give it a shot, not be intimidated by it. You yeah, know. Yeah. So it's my way of set promoting this. Okay. Okay. You know, of having people to really embrace literature. And like you said, even some schools have cut it out. No, it's not bad. As I said, it's not a bad thing. I know, I know. If, I can, know. if you can just go into it with an original fresh pair of rice, which is that's what the I'm, best way. Which is what I'm trying to do, mm. you know, to get people to really look at it like reading the papers every day as you said just now. Mm. Anyway, I tell you, this is going to go on to tomorrow morning if I don't end the show right now. It's been a great pleasure, ah. Gui. Thank you so very much for being here with me. Uh, people, whenever you do, stay safe. I'll see you again. Watch out for this episode and for the next one because the next one, the next one, the next one, uh huh, is 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 again about ET. This time we've got the videos in Singapore, shot in Singapore, to prove it. Catch us then for episode three as well. What? Yep. <laughs> bye bye, everyone. Say bye. bye. Say bye. Bye bye. Mmm.